welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Last week we started a, a new series uh, called I Am. We've been talking about some of the things that as we begin to understand who God is, it helps us to understand who we are. We talked about being made in the image of God and how every single one of us was created to be a son or a, a daughter of God who experienced this amazing journey of discovering who God is and who we are as His sons and daughters. And some of that means that we've got to kind of break away from the world's understanding of who we are as people or sometimes even our own kind of human understanding of who we are to discover our identity that we have that comes from our relationship with God. And last week we talked about how because God is holy, I am holy. Because being holy doesn't mean being perfect, it means being chosen and set apart. Set apart from stuff and set apart for for stuff. And we talked about how we are set apart, not because of how good we are or the things that we've done but because of whose we are because we belong to the family of God because we are his we have been set apart this week I want to talk about the idea of being called so this week is I am called have you ever kind of had one of those moments when you thought somebody was waving to you and so you like you you wave back yeah and and then there's kind of that awkward moment when you realize oh, they weren't actually waving to me <laughs> it's kind of you do the whole oh, sort of thing like this isn't it and it's like it, it's really weird when you kind of get it over that the awkwardness of that moment um, you know, and someone else has walked by and they've kind of gone on their way and you just want to like sink into a hole in the ground and you know, pretend that that didn't happen. But sometimes we can be left feeling uh, unseen, can't we? Sometimes we can be left feeling uh, anonymous or unknown or just kind of like, you know, like, like you're invisible. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, not a, it's not a great thing to feel, is it? Have you ever been at a party where you didn't really know anybody and it seemed like everybody else kind of knew everyone and they were chatting away and having a great time and you were just kind of left standing in the corner? Some of you are like super extroverts and that would never actually happen to you because you just go and talk to somebody random and that's fine. You don't know what I'm talking about. But for the rest of us, normal people, (laughs) no, no. For the rest of us, it's kind of like, it's, it's a really weird moment. You just kind of, you're standing there and you feel like, why am I here? Would anybody notice or even care if I just left now? Would, would anybody even notice me leaving? But then I, I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you kind of had a moment where you felt like that, but then the host came and saw you and came over and said, you know, oh, g'day Mark, how you going? So good to see you, thanks for coming, like, how you doing? And kind of, he came over, called you by name, chatted. Anybody ever kind of had a, a moment like that? Not that you can think of, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit too specific to sort of think of random occurrences, but 
it's it's or maybe we just have lots of friends who are really bad hosts at parties I don't, I don't know <laughs> maybe they even you know like came over and asked you to help out with something or you know but but what difference would that have made in in that moment when you were feeling unseen unknown anonymous um you know to have someone come over call you by name be happy to see you there it, it would make a big difference wouldn't it Suddenly we would not feel invisible, but we would feel known. Did you know that God has called you by name? God knows your name. Um, and He not only knows your name, He knows a whole lot more stuff about you than that. He knows every detail of your life, but He has also called you for a specific purpose. You might have thought about that before. Maybe you, you've thought about it a lot. Maybe you've thought about it a little bit. But we kind of, sometimes the things that we want to do or the things that we dream about in our life don't always come to be, do they? Sometimes the kind of things that we, the way that we imagine our life is going to turn out, it, it obviously is, wasn't God's plan. My, my, when I was a kid, I think I shared a little bit of this last week, I did not ever expect to be pastoring a church when I was this age. <laughs> that, that was not part of my plan I'd, I'd grown up in a in a pastor's family and there were things about that that I didn't particularly like and I'd you know I'd like no nope, my life is going to take a different path my life is going to be this and you know and sort it all out and God had other ideas I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that where you know things that you thought your life was going this direction and God kind of says ah oh, actually we're going to go this way and you go really are you sure (laughs) but God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are God's masterpiece how many of you feel like a masterpiece this morning everybody say I am God's masterpiece you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Do you know when long ago was? Before the creation of the world. That's what Scripture says, that He planned, He knew you, He called you, He planned the things that you would do before the world was even created. That's kind of a mind-boggling sort of thought, isn't it? But this is what God says about us. He knew us. You are not an accident. You were created by design. You are God's masterpiece. And He has designed you to accomplish specific things that He has prepared for you to do. Some of us, some, some of the challenge in that is, is working that out, isn't it? Jeremiah was a, a prophet in the Old Testament and God called him to some specific things as well. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 4 to 10, we read this. It says, The Lord gave me this message, and Jeremiah's writing this down. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. No pressure, right, Jeremiah? Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Some of you don't have that excuse. Um, But the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. 
And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Now this is a, an, an interesting thing. There's a couple of things that I want to note about this word that God gives to Jeremiah. When God speaks to Jeremiah, he gives him this very clear and kind of detailed calling, doesn't he? And it's a pretty big thing. I mean, you're talking about standing up and speaking against nations and kingdoms, even destroying and overthrowing kingdoms. Now, Jeremiah was not a a royal, he wasn't kind of, you know, a person of wonderful, you know, authority. He was just a regular kind of guy that God called. Just like many of us, when God calls us to do things, Jeremiah is like full of reasons why he can't do it. And I don't know about you, but a, a kind of a, a calling like that would be a little bit intimidating, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of like, well, I don't know if I'm up to this task. You know, I, I, remember, I remember feeling like that about 11 years ago or 12 years ago when God said, I'm raising you up to pastor this church. And I'm like, I, I'm not up to that task. I'm, I'm not even at the level of... Um, you know, we're not even in considering, you know, overthrowing kingdoms, just like, you know, pastoring a church, that's, that's scary enough for me. Um, you know, and he, and he starts to make excuses about why he's not the right man for the job. You know, and, and, and over and over, we, we see it a lot of times in, in Scripture, don't we? It's not necessarily an uncommon thing. Moses did the same thing, you know, when, when the whole burning bush thing and God called him to be the deliverer and, and big stuff and Moses is like, no, 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 I'm, I'm terrible at public speaking and, you know, uh, and all the rest of the, the excuses and, you know, and God says, well, but I've called you and I will give you the words to say. And despite Jeremiah's complaints in, in this passage of Scripture, God assures him that he will be with him, that he's given him words to say and... You know, and isn't that the, the recurrent theme? When God calls somebody in Scripture, He says it's okay because it's not all dependent on your talent. I'm not relying on how clever you are. I'm not relying on you to have the perfect words to convince everybody and the perfect thought-out strategies and the right arguments to convince everybody and bend everybody to your will. He says, I'm not dependent on you really at all other than to be obedient and to do what I ask you to do. He says, I'll give you the words. I'll tell you where to go. I'll tell you what to say and how to do this and that. But sometimes it's like we... We don't necessarily remember that lesson from Scripture all the time, do we? And when God calls us and challenges us and says, hey, I've got this thing for you to do, we say, who, me? But I, I can't do that. I, I'm not qualified. I don't know the Bible well enough. I'm, I'm terrible at public speaking. I, I, I'm, I'm horrible. I get you know, anxious when talking to new people and I can't do that, God. We can't do all the same things, don't we? But God says, you're not alone. I'll be with you. Just like Jeremiah. Now, it might not be overthrowing kingdoms and establishing other ones, but God has a purpose for me and for you. 
and he calls us to those things. Now, some of you might be saying, well, you know, I tried to find out what God's purpose was for me and, you know, uh, and I couldn't figure it out or God didn't say anything or, you know, anybody ever thought that? Yeah, Yeah, some of us, I think probably a lot of us have at times, haven't we? Um, some of us have sort of gone on from then and then sort of figured stuff out and God's spoken stuff but sometimes in that moment I think when we kind of go oh you know I've tried and I you know tried to work it out and don't really know what God wants for me uh, I think there's uh, there's often three things now this is kind of not the only three things but I think these are three big things that are happening in that moment number one is we didn't like what God said so we keep looking for something else all right, now I'm being, I'm being direct, I'm being honest, uh, I've, I've been there as well, you know, but sometimes when God says, I want you to do this, and you go, no, that can't be right. That, 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 that's definitely not, you know, get away from me, devil, you know, <laughs> get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you know, but, but you know, we, so we, we kind of go, there must be something else, I must not be hearing right, and we keep listening, and then we wonder why we don't hear anything. All right, that's number one. Number two is that we were looking for something particular and God didn't call us to that. We wanted to be this and God called us to that. And we're like, no, 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 don't you mean this, God? No, I must have heard wrong. You know, or, or we want to do something really, you know, we expect that a calling of God must be something really significant and grandiose and... You know, and, and God calls us to do something really small. We think, well, that's not my calling. That's just, you know, yeah, maybe that's what God's calling, you know, telling me to do or, you know, whatever, but it's too small to be a calling. Sometimes God does ask us or call us to small things, but even small things are never trivial if God asks us to do them, are they? There's a difference between small and insignificant isn't there? So maybe it's because we're looking for something particular or something big and and what God called us was something different. Well, the third thing is that maybe we just haven't learned to hear God's voice clearly enough yet. So many of us kind of, you know, like Jeremiah, we're kind of in that place and we think, why why would God call me? Why would God even be interested in what my life is um, you know, God, God doesn't need me, I'm just a nobody, you know, and just like Jeremiah, just like Moses or whatever might be the case. I'm not qualified to do anything that God might call me to do. Here's what I want to say, is that that is a lie. That is not what God says about you. God qualifies you simply because you are a son or a daughter. You are qualified to serve the king because you are a son or a daughter. He calls you because he loves you. He calls you because he qualifies you. God assured Jeremiah that he'd be with him just, uh, you know, as he set out in the calling that God had put on his life. And in the same way, God promises to be with each one of us as we, as we choose to walk in obedience to that call that's on our life. I think as we, as we begin to understand this idea, as we begin to understand this idea that our calling comes from being just the virtue of being sons and daughters, that we begin to understand and, and see 
the way that every moment is interlaced and interwoven as part of God's design for us and for our lives. God knows your name. God knows every detail of your life. God knows everything that you're good at and everything that you're not good at. He knows the areas where you wrestle and you struggle with sin. And He knows the areas where you, you've leveled up and you've grown and you've been victorious and you've learned how to, to conquer sin and, and, and struggles in your life. He knows your capability and what you have the potential to grow into far better than you ever will. And sometimes I think what we're, what we're really doing is, is we're saying, no, God, I know myself better than what you know me. <laughs> I know the limits of my potential. I know my weaknesses and flaws. Have you ever been tempted to kind of go, God, if you only knew this about me, you wouldn't say that? <laughs> it's an illogical kind of statement when we understand who God is. And, and yet our brain kind of makes the same. It, it, does, it makes those statements all the same, doesn't it? God knows what you're capable of if you allow Him to lead and empower you. God knows your name and He has called you. Now when we begin to understand or, or as we understand that we are called by God we also begin to see that we have a responsibility to steward well the gifts that God has given us when we when we begin to understand that God has called us and, and gifted us according to his purpose suddenly then we become aware of this this responsibility we go well if God has given me a gift then I've got a responsibility to do something with it um, let's have a look at First Timothy chapter 4 here on the screen. He says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Now, this is one of our favourite verses in youth group. Great scripture for youth group, awesome. Some of you might be inclined to go, well, that doesn't really apply to me. I'm sort of getting away. I, I sort of, I, I don't know. I, think, I, I still think of myself as fitting into that category, but <laughs> I may be deluding myself slightly. But I want to I want to note here, okay, and and here's this might make a little bit more sense to you about that statement here in a minute. I'm going to justify it, all right? How, we often think about Timothy when Paul writes this to Timothy as as being quite young by our standards, don't we? I was doing a little bit of research, and and most scholars think that Timothy was probably in his mid to late thirties when Paul wrote this to him. The word that he uses for a young man is, was generally used anywhere up to the age of forty. Now, in our society, you know, a 38 or 39-year-old is not often referred to as being young unless you're significantly past that stage. But, but Paul says, you know, I, and I think one of the things in, in that culture is that it was often the, the older, the, the grey-haired, the wiser men who sort of were, were looked to for the, the life advice and, and all that kind of stuff. And so it's very possible that there were some older men that didn't respect Timothy's leadership gift in the church at that time. They thought that, you know, for whatever reason that they knew more or, you know, what might be the case. And so Timothy, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and says, you know, don't let anyone look down on you because you're not grey-haired and, <laughs> you know, all that kind of thing. 
So if, if it's not necessarily about your age, what is Paul saying? Because I, I think there's, there's something that's really important for us to understand in what Paul is saying here to Timothy. And I think what Paul is saying is this, he says, when God has called you, and, and Timothy was called, he was appointed as the, the leader of that church by Paul and a gift was recognised in him. But Paul's saying, when God has called you, it doesn't matter if you're young, it doesn't matter if you're old or tall or short or, <laughs> or Filipino, doesn't matter if you never finished school, it doesn't matter if you're unemployed, it doesn't matter if you could only afford an Android phone instead of a quality Apple product. <laughs> but he says, let your credibility, let, let your gift kind of be outworked, let, it, let the evidence be your character and not your social status. And, and he goes on, because he, he says, be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith and your purity. Until I get their focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. You see that? He says there was, there was an appointment made. There was a gift that was recognized. There was authority that was given to you. Don't let other people's view of you take away from what God has called you to do. But rather, he says uh, in that last verse, give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks. You like that? Throw, it, throw yourself into it so that everyone will see your progress. How often do we take that approach to our spiritual gifts or to our role in the body and the kingdom of God? You are called and gifted by God to function in your purpose and God wants us to discover our gifts and develop them. You are not naturally born with fully developed skills are you people have all kinds of talent and potential but for that potential to be realized there has to be development there has to be learning there has to be maturing in natural gifts as well as spiritual ones we're warned not to allow anyone to put us down and not to neglect our gifts we're encouraged to develop them by fully investing ourselves into our calling. Now, when you see people um, who've got a particular interest or, or hobby or something that they love to do, and especially if they're really good at it, what, what, like, they talk about stuff, don't they? They, they spend time, they, you know, it's like all you crazy gardening people. <laughs> You know, you get Gary talking about his gardening and, you know, the trick is getting him to shut up. <laughs> and I know that, that like, the, the, the number of you is growing and I'm not sure what I'm doing. Um, or, you know, it, it must be attracting each other or something. It's certainly not. 
But it's like, what do you do? You, you read gardening books, you, you learn stuff, you talk to other people, maybe you join the gardening club, you, you start to, to figure out, you, you like you share stuff with each other, you learn what plants help other plants to grow better, you learn what kind of stuff the soil in Wyala needs so that it isn't red and hard and horrible anymore. You know, you, you start to develop and you learn and stuff if you want to be a, a really successful kind of gardener. You know, and, and maybe this is what God's called you to do. Like, and as you develop that, as you figure, you figure out how to bless other people through what you're doing. You figure out, you know, you can share veggies or fruit with someone or, you know, take someone some flowers that you brought out of your garden or whatever. And you, you learn how God has, has given you to bless that. But the same thing applies with the gifts that God has given us and the things that God has called us to. Maybe your gift is, is like leadership. I wasn't always the, the talented preacher and pastor that you see before you today. <laughs> and humble, sorry, I forgot humble. <laughs> I've made so many mistakes, you know, and, and hopefully a few of them I learned from. You know, but, but I've, I, I, when I knew that this was what God called me to do over the years, like I've, I've done whatever I can to try to, to develop that and get better at it. You know, you, you read books and you listen to podcasts and you read what does the Bible say about leadership and what can I learn and how can I do stuff better? How can I learn about working with different kinds of people and understanding temperaments and communication and, you know, all that kind of stuff? How can I make sure that, you know, my relationship with God is in the place where I can give out and encourage other people and it's not just out of my head or my heart, but it's the things that, you know, how can I hear from God and in order to lead the church and things like that if you're if if, you know maybe God's calling you to to be part of the music team the worship team maybe you're a singer or a musician like you're not going to become a you know a a great musician or a great singer without practice I'm sorry that's just not how it works like if you leave that guitar sitting on the stand you don't get any better at it (laughs) you know if you don't play the keyboard you don't get any better at it you, you, you get some lessons, you get some coaching, you talk to some people, you, you figure out, you listen to worship songs, you, you watch worship leaders and you see what kind of stuff they do. And it doesn't mean you just, you know, copy them, but you learn from people. Tell someone you're interested if you're not already on the music team. You know, don't wait for someone to figure it out and come knocking on your door. Like, get in there and, and start doing it and being part of it. If your, your calling is, is to be uh, a giver and to resource the church, then, you know, you can't just kind of sit back on the couch. Like, you've got to actually earn money before you can give it away, don't you? Like, it's generally how it kind of works. But you've got you to figure out how to be good at your job and, you know, do whatever it is. If, if it's a small business, then... You know, you start to learn about small business stuff and how to manage it well so that it can be successful and be what God's called it to be. But you also have to start learning how to listen to that voice of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, if God is calling you to be a a generous giver, it's not just about, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's not just about putting some money in the offering bag on Sunday, but it's about learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit as He directs you in where to give and how to give and how much to give practicing generosity 
We could go on and on. There's lots of different things that we could talk about. But, but this kind of principle applies when God calls us to something. That the, we, we need to start listening to God and learning to develop, getting better at it, developing that gift, preparing stuff. At some point, we've got to choose to do that, don't we? We've got to make that choice. We've got to recognize it. We've got to say, I'm going to start doing whatever I can to develop this gift that God has given, this thing that God has called me to. I want to ask you a couple of questions. This is my closing, but I want to ask three questions. First question is this, do you know what gifts God has given you? Now, there might be some things that you've identified in the past, but I want to challenge you here with this thought, right? Before you just go, oh yeah, I know, and then stop thinking about it. Be open to the Holy Spirit showing you something new. Let this conversation be a a, a lifelong, ongoing conversation with God and not a one-off thing. God might actually have other things that you've not yet explored because you decided it was this. That doesn't mean that's wrong, but some of us have more than one gift, don't we? Some of us are good at more than one thing. And so be open to what the Holy Spirit might want to show you or reveal to you. Maybe you're like, you've kind of bought into that lie that says, I don't have anything to offer. Maybe you, every time, you know, you hear someone talking about gifts, you're like, no, I don't really have anything that's kind of worthwhile. I don't really have anything to contribute. Scripture is very clear that every single person in the body has a, has a function, has a role, has something to contribute, has something to give to bless other people. It might be simple, it might be complicated, it might be easy, it might be hard, but do not accept the lie that you have nothing to give that comes from the enemy. Here's now question number two. If you know what those gifts are, are you using them? Are you using the gifts that God has given you for His kingdom? Are you using them in the church? Are you using them to bless other people? I don't know if you're anything like me. I kind of have sometimes have this tendency to think that I've got to be perfect at it before I can really do it. Here's the problem with that theory. You might have noticed this, but if you wait until you're perfect at something, then you generally don't ever actually do anything. Have you noticed that? Perfection is a really unattainable kind of goal, isn't it? And sometimes it's an excuse, but sometimes it's a thing where we go, I'm not good enough yet. I don't play well enough yet or sing well enough to be on the the team and that might be that might be true but that doesn't mean that you can't develop it develop it be practicing you know you might think that you have nothing to offer but you do you don't have to be the best 
You don't. So sometimes there's that thing where we go, well, that person's way better at that than what I am. So uh, you know, I'll just kind of sit over here, and my thing's not really needed because that person can do it better than me. All right, that they, they might be better at it than you. But that doesn't mean that your gift that God has given you cannot be developed and cannot be used. Maybe there's someone that you connect with that that person doesn't connect with. You know, trust God in, in, how, um, in, in what He's calling you to do. Trust that He will lead. Trust that you can be a blessing to somebody. Have you got too busy? Have other things distracted and taken away or crowded out the, that part of what God's called you to do? Have you allowed other people to influence what you do or the way that you use your gift? Have you withdrawn because you've been hurt? Now, sometimes when we step out and we do things, it doesn't always go smoothly, does it? Sometimes we cop criticism. Sometimes people will, you know, give us a hard time or hurt, sometimes even unintentionally. We can get wounded when we put ourselves out there, can't we? Have you withdrawn because you've been hurt? Or because you felt like you weren't appreciated? Are you using your gifts in the kingdom? That's question number two. And question number three, are you looking for ways to develop your gifts? Are you looking for ways to upskill, to, to level up? as we say sometimes. Are you looking for ways to grow in the thing that God has called you to do? Are you throwing yourself into your tasks, as Paul says, so that everyone can see your progress? Now, sometimes when we're starting out, that can be a scary thing, isn't it? It can be a scary thing because, you know, what if I throw myself into it and I do my best, but it's still not very good because I'm only just learning, will people judge me harshly? Will people criticise? Will people tell me I'm no good? Sometimes they might. Does that absolve us of our responsibility to do what God has called us to do? No, it doesn't. But sometimes we kind of got to, you know, throw ourselves into it Trust that God will walk through it with us and guide us and lead us. Have you stopped growing? Have you grown complacent in using your gifts in the kingdom? I want to challenge you this morning with those, with those things. I know that, well, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to challenge you with those things this morning. I don't say this to try to motivate everybody or to try to get you to do stuff or any of that kind of stuff. But the, the, this, this, this is, ultimately, it's between you and God, isn't it? But I want to challenge you this morning to live your life every day like God has that purpose for you. That God has a calling. You might need to take some time. And process this. You might need to, to find some time to be still, to talk to God and, and, and ask Him to help you to, to figure some of this stuff out. You might need to 
ask him to give you some strategies about how you can develop those gifts. You might ask, need to ask him to give you some boldness to step out in faith and tell somebody that, you know, this is the gift that God, you think God has given you. And look for opportunities to, 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 to kind of walk in that, outwork it. You might just need to get in some space with God and, and ask Him to help you to figure out what your gifts are. Maybe that's something that you've, you've wrestled with, you've struggled with and you never really felt like you got a satisfying answer. Maybe you need to go back to God and talk about those things. Put aside some of the, uh, the, the things that have sort of been those preconceived ideas about what those things might be or what you have the potential for and just you know, start writing some stuff down that God speaks to you. I encourage you to do that this week because it's as we, we step into that that the church is whole. It's as we bring our gifts and offer them to the King that we see change and we see God's church operating the way that He designed it to function and to operate as a, as a body with each part doing its, playing, its, playing its role, doing its bit. Can we pray together? Father, we thank You that you have called us. Lord, we thank you that you know my name and you have called me to your purposes. God, I thank you that uh, I'm not an accident, I'm not a mistake. But Lord, each person here is, is created with design and with intent, with forethought and for a purpose. Father, we thank you that you are an amazing God who loves us and who has called us. God, you have a purpose for each one of us. And Lord, I know that, that probably a lot of us here are at different stages of discovering that purpose and, and developing it and living it out in order to be a blessing to your body. But Lord, I pray that you would begin to stir up that, that desire in each of us to bring what we have and offer it to you and trust you uh, to do with it what you want to do. Father, give us boldness to step out into things. Give us ears to hear and, and be led by your Spirit as we seek to do this, as we seek to, to bless others, as we seek to be part of your family and your kingdom in, in seeing our city and our nation transformed for Jesus. We pray this together in your mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.